Hi, Josephine. It's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you. Uh, we've been really excited to have you here. And, and I, I think one of the things I'm, I'm, I want to ask you is, how does one become a manager of Pink Diamonds for Argyle? <laughs> well, it helps to be Australian uh, because that's where the mine <laughs> is. And uh, I think a, a, a good dose of um, luck along the way. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful position to be in. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So can you tell us, uh, you know, every year <clears throat> Argyle has a tender. And can you, can you let the audience know, especially those who are, are new uh, listeners to the show today, a little bit about what the Argyle tender is and how long it's been running? Okay. So the um, Argyle Pink Diamond Signature Tender has actually been running for 32 years. It's traditionally been a trade event, so many people would not have heard of it, but they may have heard of a signature tender diamond because uh, they're very sought after. It's a global showcase of the finest 50 to 60 red, pink, violet and blue diamonds from um, our annual production. And we take that on uh, exhibition to various locations around the world, from Hong Kong to New York, London, in the past been to Mumbai, Shanghai. And we invite around 200 what I would call diamantes or diamond specialists and jewellery houses um, some that you would have heard of and some that you would not have, the likes of Tiffany and Cartier. And they come and view the diamonds. They get two hours to sit there and examine around 60 diamonds. So that's two minutes a diamond. And they make their notes and then they place sealed bids. Um, so it's not an auction process. It's a sealed bid process. And uh, this year um, we're halfway through that process with the tender closing on the 12th of October. Um, bidding's usually pretty intense. It's uncommon for any one company or individual to win more than two or three diamonds. But in the past, there's been some um, uh, outstanding years where, for example, one year we had Graf win the entire collection. That was back in the 80s. And he famously made that into one single brooch with all of the stones and then promptly sold it to the Sultan of Brunei, who happened to come into his salon just as it was finished, as the story goes. Um, so it's, uh, it's a very small number of the finest of um, the diamonds from the Argyle mine each year that get sold through this process. And, and obviously it's a, it's, a, it's a well-known event within the, the diamond industry, within the jewellery industry. Uh, for, for those who've never heard of it, what makes pink diamonds or Argyle diamonds so special in the world? Mm, it's really driven by... First of all, their rarity. Uh, the Argyle mine was discovered in the 1980s, and before that, pink diamonds were entirely sporadic finds. There's some very famous ones, um, like the Williamson pink diamond that um, you know, Queen Elizabeth has in a brooch, and but they were really just in the hands of royalty and, uh, and, and not much beyond that. When the Argyle mine was discovered, it was the first consistent source of pink diamonds. Um, and I say pink, but we also have the very, very red and violet diamonds and blues. And whilst it, it represents about 90% of the world's pink diamond production, it's a tiny volume. Um, I manage a business where I could hold the entire year's production in my two hands. Um, it's less than one-tenth of 1% one percent of the mine's production. So literally finding these is like needles in a haystack. So that rarity really drives... Um, collectability and 
I'd have to say the simply the beauty, the potency of colour that comes from argyle is unrivaled from anywhere else. We get really vivid pinks and everything from uh, you know, cherry blossom blush through to uh, you know, incredibly deep reds and then cornflower violets and and oceanic blues. So there's also um, the uh, you know the incredible beauty of the diamonds that that drives um, desire for them. You know, I, I I love hearing you talk about the diamonds uh, in terms of their colors because uh, you know from all of the argyle diamonds that we've seen over the years, it's such a spectrum of different shades and tones of pink, and it's great to hear you title them all because I understand you you, you actually also title the certain diamonds in the collection. Is that correct? That's right. Since 2008, we've been naming what we call our hero diamonds, so the exceptionals amongst the very special diamonds. And there's always a, a small handful that are so historic that we name them in recognition of the, you know, the place that they are going to take in the pages of history. Uh, this year, we have a headlining, um, there's five heroes. The, the number one hero is an incredible diamond. It's called the Argyle Violet. It's the largest violet diamond we've ever had from Argyle at 2.83 carats, which is large for an Argyle diamond and one of only three um, violet diamonds that we've ever had over a carat. And the uh, the grade on this from the GIA is a fancy deep greyish bluish violet. And when you look into the diamond, all of those colours are there and customers have described it as being uh, really lush and velvety and incredibly sort of mystical and, and, and alluring and and she really is and uh, and then in contrast lot number two is a um, pear-shaped fancy vivid purplish pink so purple pink and that purple pink equal 50% purple and pink makes it a really bubblegum poppy pink colour and uh, one customer described that as the happiest diamond that they've ever seen which I thought was just perfect <laughs> she's, she's like the life of the party Argyle Viva so the name Viva really reflects um, the character of, of uh, lot number two and so when we get these really uh, super special diamonds we do we do name them now you just mentioned a little earlier that uh, one of the diamonds was rather large for which, which is not typical for for diamonds. Most of the diamonds coming out of the mine in in terms of pinks are quite small, aren't they? Yes, the, the largest we've ever had is four point one five carats, and uh, on average, uh, the um, tender selection is just under one carat. So they're they're very petite and precious. What drives the value in these diamonds is much more the potency of colour than the size. Uh, we say you know, they're the connoisseur's diamond when you're not chasing uh, you know, sort of large uh, blingy diamonds and you've, you know, you've got your repertoire of your whites and your yellows. Um, the real connoisseurs are chasing these rare and exceptional colours um, at this end of the spectrum. Uh, I was just going to ask, actually, if, if who, who is buying, you know, where is the end market ultimately for the pinks? I know within the industry, we, we covet them, but there is an, there is a, an, end, uh, an end person for those. And, and who typifies those? those? Is, it, is it truly connoisseurs or collectors, investors? Who's buying them? That's where the most growth has been in the last 
eight years, uh, really since um, 2008, I would say we've seen the most growth coming from the collector um, and that's been driven by a flight to rarity in all sectors. You've seen growth in art and, and uh, vintage cars and and uh, in much the same way we've seen a growth in um, the desire for um, Argo Pink Diamonds as an alternate asset class and um, so that's been that sort of the exciting growth story over the last few years. Traditionally, Argo Pink Diamonds have been most popular in the USA, Japan. In Japan, even the smallest um, blush pink uh, diamond is uh, revered as this symbol of the ultimate love and, and romance. So um, very popular in the bridal market in Japan. In Australia, because of course it's our home country and we all um, hold Argyle near and dear, but in the uh, more recent times, we've seen an entirely equal um, balance of demand from all corners of the world. So we've seen India and China emerging, the Middle East. Um, Europe's always been strong. Um, uh, but now it, it, I really see this pattern of um, demand from all corners of the globe in, in equal measure. There's variations to, to that. You know, Japan is still very much bridal and romance. Um, the USA is a very strong collector market, so they all have their different flavours to them. But uh, it's it's a global story these days. And it, that 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 competitiveness is also adding to the fact that every year, it, it at least from our experience, it seems that everyone comes into that tender willing to bid at a higher level than they were last year. There has been a history of uh, Argo Pink diamonds, our tender quality diamonds, defying gravity and. Uh, I expect that will continue out to end of my life. They're, um, you know, as I said, they're very rare. This flight to rarity is a safe haven. is happening um, in many collectible goods, and no less so than than our diamonds. Um, and uh, you know, secondly, they're beautiful. So you have that lovely balance of an entirely rational and entirely emotional appeal, a bit like collecting art and. Um, and then there's growing awareness of the fact that the Argyle mine life is limited. It's um, over 30 years now and the end of mine life is coming into focus in the next four or five years. And as the virtual source of pinks, that obviously makes it a very um, compelling um, limited supply story. So, yes, they've been um, gravity-defying and, and uh, we don't see that um, flowing I've always been curious, with each tender that comes out, do those diamonds represent what was mined over the the previous year? Or is it that is it a little more curated than that where where you're saying, okay, uh, we've mined these over the last few years and I think these would make great for the tender? We'd love to be able to do that, but at the end of the day, we're a mining company. Okay. <laughs> we're owned by Rio Tinto, so um, we uh, we don't have that luxury. What you see is um, the the 12 months prior. We cut off our selection in about March, April each year because you know, we start to prepare then for the tender and, and cataloging. Um, but yeah, it's, it's 12 months. This year, uh, the collection is entirely from the underground. Uh, we were open pit until 2014 and we now have a state-of-the-art block cave underground mine and 
we expect to get the same qualities as we go deeper, but for some reason, with probably no, um, uh, you know, there's no 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 rhyme or reason to it. It's Mother Nature. This year, um, the first collection entirely from the underground is simply superb on all factors um, and the finest that we've ever presented. So when we go back over the 32 years, this year's collection has the highest intensity of colour, the greatest percentage of vivids. It's the largest by weight in many years and it's also the highest in clarity. Um, And uh, we even have an internally flawless stone, which we're not known for because the way that the colour um, is created in our diamonds, it's in bands and and with heavy graining. So we don't usually get uh, an internally flawless diamond. So we've just been given the most delightful collection this year. And so we've been asked a lot this year. We've been holding stones back because there's so many stunning um, examples of stones in in this collection, but we haven't been there. They're just um, wonderfully from this one year's um, enterprise. That's remarkable because every year the tender comes out and there, there's, there's a theme to it, it seems. You know, I, I believe last year there was a few more blue diamonds and, and as part of the tender, if I, if I recall correctly. But what you're saying then is, in effect, the tender also represents a history of every year of the mining. So you start from the, from the top layer and you've been building, you know, working down to, to underground and each tender really represents each level of the mining uh, history. Yeah, I mean, they're so rare, it's hard to be statistically significant about the um, what's happening in that ore body. But we definitely see different flavours each year. And that's uh, one of the things I think that makes it so such a wonderful business to be in. Um, and uh, you know, each collection is entirely unique. And just so people can understand what it... Can you speak a little bit about what it takes to... to bring a, a single diamond or, or a, a pink out of the ground? Sure. It's, um, so the Argyle mine is in a very remote and beautiful location in the north of Western Australia. It's all red dirt and amazing blue skies and uh, incredible desert country. And, and whilst um, our diamonds, the colour comes um, from the way that the light moves through the crystal structure and not from any trace element. They do reflect the colours of the, the land that they're from. And they're one-tenth of one percent of the mine production. So there's you know, millions of carats mined. It's a very productive mine for white and champagne uh, coloured diamonds. Um, but for the very rare pinks, um, that they're sorted out and uh, sent to us literally in small handfuls in the rough. Uh, they come directly from the mine site down to us in Perth where we have a polishing facility and uh, technicians and we spend around three months usually planning the stones. We've got all of the state-of-the-art technology to do that um, and there's been great advances in that in the last few years so that's very exciting because we can map all of the internal characteristics of the stone and uh, come up with a number of different models before we actually start polishing the, the diamond. But it's always ultimately still in the hands of our polishers. They're grandmasters of the art. They've been with us for over 30 years and uh, the end result is always something approximating the plan, but it's still um, 
you know, the, the product of their intuition and their, their feeling around the diamond and, and uh, they're chasing colour, which is not something that you can map using any technology. So that's all about them um, orientating the, the, the diamond and the facets to, to really bring out the best colour in the diamond. So by the time that they've done that and then we get it graded by the GIA and then we certify it ourselves, it can take in normal business um, outside of the tender about six months for a diamond to come from the mine site and and be um, you know, a final uh, polished product. We certify and inscribe all diamonds over 15 points, even some of the um, more potent colours under 15 points and uh, protect that chain of custody and provenance very, very strongly. The, the diamonds um, you never leave our hands until they're sold and then when we do sell them, we have a, uh, a network of what we call uh, select ateliers and they're 34 retail uh, businesses around the world that... Uh, if you like, are our trusted um, retail network so that the uh, end buyer can buy with full faith that they're buying um, a diamond with impeccable chain of custody and provenance. And in closing, Josephine, what, what would you look for if you were at the tender looking to buy a diamond, a pink diamond? Would you look for color? Would you look for a natural reaction? Um, is there a specific shape you personally like? I know it's it's perfectly subjective that I, the question I'm asking. <laughs> I always think it should be like buying art because if um, I was buying a diamond personally, I'd want to be able to enjoy it. There are diamonds on the table that I'm drawn to again and again, and they're not always the most potent of colors, but there's something really lively or captivating about them for me. It, it might be because you know, I loop it, you know, there's a pink diamond, you can see flashes of red or purple in there and it sort of opens up into this sort of miniature galaxy inside the diamond. Um, sometimes I fall in love with the really soft colours as well in ovals and cushion shapes that are very elegant. Um, so I, I always say that people should buy... The most value is in the most intensity of the colour. So, you know, buy the most intense colour that you can afford, but most importantly, fall in love with the diamond first. Josephine Johnson, I want to thank you so much for being on The Real Money Show today. Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the tender myself and uh, in person, and uh, we hope to, to have another conversation with you again soon. Thank you. Enjoy the viewing tomorrow. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye.